Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Friday podcast. This has been quite an exciting week for us and our family because we have a brand new arrival, a new member of the family, Miracle, who is a three-legged rescue cat from Abu Dhabi. And Miracle, as soon as I saw him online, I was like, oh my God, this is our cat. I know it's our cat. He seems to be an incredible hybrid of Gert Gershwin, our um, deeply beloved cat of nine years that um, was a a three-legged rescue from Romania and old Roops, Roops being the taxidermy cat. And Miracle is this incredible hybrid of both of them. I actually believe that both Gershwin and Rupert, both of which are dead, brought Miracle to us. And I won't hear anyone say otherwise. But Miracle, when we saw his name, I was like, obviously this is our cat. Obviously we're going to change his name because, you know, Miracle has a whole collection of very particular connotations, right? What is a miracle? And certainly as somebody with a PhD in Catholic theology, I have read more than most people about what constitutes a miracle, what is a miracle. And broadly speaking, in most understandings of Catholic theology, a miracle is a way that God, and it's always a male God in Christianity, demonstrates his power by doing something that most of the time bends the laws of physics, the laws of physics as we understand them. So a miracle is something that is so incredibly out of the ordinary, so dramatically and significantly unusual. It's such a bizarre act of God, but always a bizarre act of God that is positive and good, right? That it's considered to be the way or a way in which God keeps us believing. So at the point at which all faith is gone, God will bring in a miracle and and make something really fucking weird happen, which then bolsters support and belief in in people. As most of you will know, part a lot... As most of you will know, my PhD was concerned with women mystics and the way in which the testimonies of these women were used to support the Catholic um, Church. So miracles actually are something that's that are quite, you know, it's kind of an area of expertise of mine. And miracles were used consistently. As most of you will know, my PhD was focused on women mystics and the ways in which their lives, their writings, their experiences, their testimonies were used and are continued to be used to shore up a very particular form of quite oppressive Catholic theology and Christianity and Christian models of femininity specifically. And guess what? Miracles are an integral part of what it is to be a woman mystic. And so I have to say, after spending four days with Miracle now, I don't want to change his name. I'm going to get a lot of pushback, I know, from partners, but uh, Miracle is, Miracle's his name, that's his name, he's a miracle, his name's Miracle, it's staying as Miracle. But let me tell you, this week, not just collecting the cat, reintroducing him to a new environment, this poor baby had such a difficult journey. I mean, it's just difficult to fly anywhere for a human being, but if you're a traumatized cat um, stuck in a box in the hold of uh, an airplane, it's really a difficult process. And then he had complications with the paperwork as he arrived in Heathrow. And anyway, eight hours of a delay later, I managed to collect him in a car park in Hereford, which is about an hour and a bit drive from my house. So 
very difficult journey for Miracle. Nobody should be buying kittens. I actually feel like the purchase of cats, the purchase of kittens is a fundamentally unethical, immoral thing to do. And I feel extremely strongly about it. And nobody should be buying cats. I don't care what the circumstances are. You should not be buying kittens. I've always exclusively adopted the cats that nobody else will take that are extremely difficult to rehome. Most of the time, that means that these cats are disabled in some quite significant way. So the first disabled cat that I ever adopted was actually in London. His name was Joseph. He had paralysis from the waist down. So he could use the litter box. He would move himself into a litter box, but he couldn't get into the litter box. He'd have to drag himself around. He required almost 24-hour care to start with. And I was working from home doing the work that I do. And it was really like quite possible for me to do that. And if I hadn't have adopted him, he would have lived another two or three years in a cage before possibly being put down. He was living in um, a cat sanctuary where people were just so, so overworked, overstretched. They didn't have enough money. They certainly didn't have space. It was a really a miserable life for him. So when I found him and I saw that he needed special care and I had the capacity to give that care, I obviously adopted him. And that began my journey of adopting disabled animals. One of the things that I speak about every so often on Instagram and TikTok, and I made a post about this a couple of months ago, which I just reposted yesterday. Those of us that are socialized as women are absolutely conditioned to act as the auxiliaries, the caretakers, the supporters of people who are socialized as men. If you are socialized as anyone other than a man, you're going to be socialized as a caretaker. And most of the time, what this means is as we grow up into adults, whether we're aware of this conditioning or we're not aware of this conditioning, we end up being completely drawn to men because of compulsory heterosexuality, no matter what our actual authentic, whatever that might mean, sexual preference might be, we are conditioned to be drawn to men and specifically to think that heterosexual, monogamous, normative relationships are what we desire. We've never actually ever, most of the time, allowed ourselves to question that. So even like me, if you grow up and you you realize when you're 30 or 40 or 50 or however old, fuck, maybe I'm actually queer. Maybe I'm not as straight as I've been told that I am or assumed that I am. The fact of the matter is you're going to be conditioned to think not just that you're straight, but also that your role is to support and care for and make better and heal men. Now, this combination is really toxic. It is fucked up, especially, especially if you're a woman, right? Because what does that mean? You grow up into adulthood. You've been conditioned to think that you're heterosexual. You've been conditioned to think that your natural attraction is towards men. And you've also been conditioned culturally and socially to be a healer, a helper, a carer. What a bad combo, because guess what? You're going to be drawn to men that need healing, care, <clears throat> support, so many people that I see in my professional capacity, both in the Spiritual Life Upgrade, the mentorship that I run, and my one-to-one -one readings, 90%, and I tell you this is an accurate statistic, maybe even 90 to 95% of the people that come to me for help and assistance, their main problem is either a man or their relationship to men. And that's because we're all conditioned to think that what we really want and what we're attracted to and what we're drawn to are fucked up men who need helping, healing, and support. Well, guess what? It's possible to change that conditioning. You can opt out of that. Now, 
Also, what happens is a lot of these women, a lot of people that are socialized as women are also told that they are suffering so much that they have this deep, large amount of love for people who need help and assistance, that need healing. They're attracted to men that are basically fucked up in some significant way because they've got a healing persona, that they are healers, that they are empaths, they are whatever fucking bullshit label that the culture and society has pushed upon us. Guess what? You're not an empath you're not a healer, you're actually just somebody who's been socialized as a woman to take care of, to heal, to, to care for a man. And your sense of self and purpose and meaning in the world has been conditioned not only to seek out heteronormative monogamous relationships, but specifically heteronormative monogamous relationships with someone that you can heal. You can't heal anybody. Nobody can heal another person. You may, under certain circumstances, create the right environment where somebody else's healing may occur, but that is not the same. And it's not the way that we've been conditioned as people socialized as women. Now, these two separate things that I'm talking about, the rescue of miracle and the adoption of disabled animals and cats, and this conditioning as women to seek out, fall in love with, and I'm using scare quotes here, and seek romantic connection from men who are fucked up in some way or are emotionally unavailable or who are abusive because they're fucked up, are absolutely intimately related because the point at which I realized the nature of this conditioning, that this so-called romantic attra attraction and attachment that I felt to men who were consistently fucking awful or just unavailable or just weren't interested in me or who were just like needing a lot of therapy and work, to be honest with you, actually had nothing to do with the fact that I was a healer or a quote empath or whatever bullshit label we've been given, but was entirely to do with my socialization. And at that point, I decided, you know what? I am a deeply feeling, sensitive, caring, loving person, but that does not mean I have to give that energy, attention, love, compassion to an abuser. Instead, I decided I'm going to take all of that energy and I'm going to channel it to the beings, to animals, to cats that fucking need it and deserve it. And you know what? My life changed. My life changed when I started paying attention, having solidarity with, making the effort to take care of, sharing my power, my privilege, my money, my time with beings that fucking needed it, beings that deserved it. Cats that are disabled. Maybe it's dogs for you. Maybe it's birds. Maybe it's any sort of, maybe it's children. Who knows? But I sure as shit tell you, it should not be men. Stop wasting your fucking energy on giving of yourself to the abuser, have solidarity with the abused. Now, I'm really happy if I get backlash on this because it means that I'm activating something in your brain <laughs> that is asking the question of like, fuck, maybe this is why my marriage or my relationship is shit. Maybe this is why I have consistently bad relationship patterns. Yes, it is. This is why. And even if you're not certain that I'm right, just I'm inviting you to take a little invitation here. I'm inviting you to take a little exercise, an experiment. Look back at your romantic sexual attractions. Like really, what are you actually drawn to? Is there a whole pattern with the variety of people that you've been obsessed with or connected to or felt like you found a soulmate? Is there something in there? Is the thread that links all of these separate people actually the fact that they're 
fucked up and need healing and help in some way. And if so, then I'm sorry to tell you, but I'm right here. Do not despair. Your life's about to get much better. If you decide to stop investing that energy and that attention on making sure and caretaking, on healing, on helping, on being the empath, whatever that fucking means. I hate that phrase. I hate that term. It's absolutely fictitious way of gaslighting women into thinking that a tendency that is fundamentally toxic and harmful to women, to them, is actually something that you should be proud of. You should never be proud of being an empath because there is no such thing as being an empath. You are traumatized and you've been conditioned. You shouldn't be proud of that. It's not a flex. There's hope. Pay attention to these patterns. Halt when you feel yourself wanting to give more patience and more energy to that fucking dude that didn't text you back. Find yourself in a situation where you're like, you know what, I'm not going to give attention and energy to this dusty man who is no fucking good for me and no good for any woman, no good in the world. And I'm going to redirect that desire and that need to help and heal, which is a human need, by the way, that is vitally important. I'm going to redirect that towards community and towards the oppressed. I'm going to redirect that towards animals that need my help and my assistance. You are going to get 10 million times more affection, love, gratitude, care, sense of self and purpose back from a disabled cat or a dog or a child than any dusty man ever, ever. The men you should have in your life, if you choose to have cis men in your life, which, you know, frankly, you've got to be really clear about having done your own work to unpick all of these tendencies before you even engage in dating with cis men again, honestly, you need to have the highest of standards. I do date cis men. I don't date straight cis men. I don't ever, ever, ever date straight cis white men. It will never happen. But the men that I have in my life earn their right to be in my life. And they are people who have done a significant amount of personal work and are kind and of good value. And they contribute, they don't deplete or diminish. And I got to say to you, it's available for you too. I'm not saying you have to stop dating men. I'm saying it's really, really, really powerful for you. If you start asking yourself, what is this attraction that I seem to have that culture and society is telling me is natural? Why am I constantly drawn to abusive dynamics or men who are just consistently unavailable because they have so much healing to do? I'm telling you, this is why. And pattern interrupt it. You can do it. Your life will change. It'll get so much better. And also just think of all of the ways in which all that good, positive, loving care, attention and energy. We're just told as women that we've got two outlets for it. Firstly, our husband, we've got to find a man that needs support and help and healing. And we just constantly feed into that fucking endless fucking pit of despair. And then when that seems to not be satisfying enough. We've got to make children. And then we do the same with children. You just got to caretake, look after, make sure that they're okay, heal, keep the home for, support, nourish. That's bullshit. Stop doing it. You can choose not to. If you've got kids or you've got a husband, reconsider being married. If your relationship's toxic and abusive, leave it. I just want to share with you how rewarding truly choosing consciously 
how to give your love and your attention and your care and your healing to a being that deserves it and that is not an abuser feels. And I want to give that to you. I want to give you permission to start asking these questions. You've got kids? Well, you know, you've got kids. <laughs> They'll grow into adults. You're going to do the best you can, but you are still a human being. You have a life. This is not something that you ever need to give up or sacrifice. If you have so far, change it. Become different, do different things, make different decisions, become more conscious of how much you're giving and why. Okay, I'm off to London tomorrow for a very exciting party on Saturday, and then I shall be back on Monday as ever. Now, I don't need to remind you, I'm sure, the Spiritual Life Upgrade, which is where we discuss all of this. You're held in community. We have a whole powerful group of incredible people supporting your transformation. So even if these ideas feel really jarring and disrupting to you, that's not a bad thing. If you're interested in working through all of this in community with other women that are doing the same thing, join the Spiritual Life Upgrade. It's £97 a month. There are at least seven live sessions a month. So on average, twice a week we meet. And there's a whole collection of five years of carefully created, intentionally powerful energy practice curriculum, my teachings of magic work, energy work, boundary work, and really get into the deep roots of all these things that we experience as people that socialized as women. It's a space that is safe for people who are not cis men and specifically safe for the oppressed, for people that are marginalized in various forms. This is why we created it. So consider joining us. And I want to know if this podcast pushed buttons for you, great. If you want more content like this, check out my TikTok because that's where the real shit goes down. <laughs> All right. I'll speak to you next week. Bye.